Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 10th of June 2022, including the new Disney Plus superhero series, Ms. Marvel, and BBC iPlayer's romantic drama, Everything I Know About Love. And excitingly, we'll also be going backstage with Catherine Ryan on Amazon Prime and tracing the history of modern British cinema in Britbox's real Britannia. But first, Ian, what is in the news? James Darcy has joined the cast of the upcoming Apple TV Plus space adventure Constellation, which follows a woman who returns to Earth after a disaster in space, only to discover that key pieces of her life seem to be missing. What else is in the news, Hannah? Ben Stokes, the New England cricket captain, will discuss the highs and lows of his record-breaking career with Oscar-winning director Sam Mendes in this documentary that focuses on his World Cup triumph and pressures away from the game. I love that sort of thing. Another quality week, I would say. We're going to start on... Disney Plus with an eagerly anticipated new Marvel series. It's called Ms. Marvel. And here's a clip. Maybe they're right. I spend too much time in fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who saved the world. That's the fantasy too. So this arrives on Wednesday the 8th of June. There are six episodes and things have come thick and fast in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or MCU as I'm sure you call it, Hannah. And we do talk about having a bit of superhero fatigue. So I wasn't that excited when I heard about this one but having watched the first episode I have to say it is very, very good and it's something rather different, a rather different offering in the Marvel Universe. So fans will know, I wasn't aware of this, that Ms. Marvel, the alter ego of Kamala Khan, became the first Muslim superhero to have her own Marvel comic book series in 2014. And now she's becoming the first Muslim hero in the MCU. So this series stars a 19-year-old Canadian newcomer, called Iman Valani, and she plays a 16-year-old girl. She's living in New Jersey. She's obsessed with superheroes, particularly Captain Marvel. She's always sort of drawing them in her school books, and that animation comes to life on the screen as a kind of backdrop. It's really well done. We see a lot of her home life, which is really nicely done. It's not, it's not kind of exaggerated. It's just really believable. She's got a great friendship uh, with a boy at school. In episode one, she wants to go to this sort of Comic-Con type event, which is a celebration of all things Marvel, and she wants to win the costume competition. She's got a costume of Captain Marvel. I don't know if you saw that film that came out not so long ago. I don't want to give too much away. I mean, people will be aware that she is going to become Ms. Marvel and how that happens becomes apparent in episode one. I just think this is exactly the sort of thing that Marvel should be doing, bringing a character like this to the screen. She is a natural 
on camera and I think the whole thing is just really nicely done it's very believable it's not overcooked and it's it's very much a sort of fan fantasy if you like because you know so many people are into the Marvel characters maybe they're sketching them or they're dressing up in the outfits and this wish fulfillment thing that wow a, a fan actually gets the powers and becomes a superhero themselves so I really enjoyed it and it's not just aimed at teens I think the whole family will enjoy this particularly because of the family dynamic so yeah I can't recommend it highly enough really I was really pleasantly surprised I absolutely loved it it's charming what did you think Anna well I kind of agree with your sentiment really I mean in as much as straight away I thought oh, it's a bit of fatigue around this and particularly for me I'm not a, you know anyone that listens will know I'm not a huge fan um, of this genre particularly but this I don't know when you think there can't be anything new someone goes and creates something new and that's exactly what's happened here and I think um, the girl that plays this part brings it to life um, and I think that it's her kind of interpretation of the character that makes it work so well as well because she talks about how it's so difficult to fit in at, I think she's 16 in this fit in at that age anyway when you're kind of going through loads of changes in your life and you know you're developing and what have you there's boys around let alone when you've got superpowers so I think that for me it is it is charming it is different and it's worth having a look at if you're not a big fan of this genre Agreed. Now, I'm quite glad I gave this next one to you, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> it's arriving on BBC iPlayer on June the 7th, a new romantic drama called Everything I Know About Love. Hi! Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Is it hard being the prettiest girl in the entire world? Mm-hmm. Seriously, we're leaving in five minutes. OK, well, that's exactly how long it takes me to get ready. <laughs> Yes, it is. Now, this is on BBC iPlayer. Now, this um, is a journalist originally, uh, Dolly Alderton, who published Everything I Know About Love. It was a a memoir about a a a millennial um, in 2018. So, you know, kind of those millennial years. And I mean, the millennials, gosh, they've been been typecast for a while, haven't they? And it became a massive, massive hit, um, a real bestseller. And it kind of, I suppose it gave, I think the book's quite different to what you'll see. I, I think that often happens, but the book was quite an honest portrayal of dating and friendships and kind of work in the modern world. And then now the book has been adapted for screen and it's a seven part drama, which I say on um, BBC One. And um, it focuses on a group of, of really good friends, best friends, Maggie and Birdie, as they move into this London house share. For me, I mean, I really enjoyed it. So I'd like to first say I did really enjoy it. It's really easy to watch. It's really fun. Um, and there's nothing to really dislike about it. But I felt there's a slightly too romanticised. I mean, it doesn't feel very real, whereas I think the book did feel quite real. It was this honest portrayal of, of, of dating, friendships, and how, you know, your best friend, you move in with her or him, and then partners come on the scene and how those friendships then change you know it's quite normal for people to kind of drop their friendship circles while they embark on a new romance or what have you and then as you get older in life you realize that's absolutely the thing you shouldn't do um and of course you need your friends when when and if it all goes wrong 
And this sort of, I feel like this romanticizes the whole friendship a bit, a bit too much. Um, but it didn't detract from the fact that it is fun and um, you kind of want to live their lives. It's just, it, it sort of, but I just don't think it's very real. I don't know if I'm being very articulate about that, but it, it just didn't, the book felt very, very authentic. This didn't feel quite as authentic. What did you think? Well, the first thing that struck me is how the hell they afford a house in Camden. <laughs> so that was extremely unbelievable. Um it has been compared to Sex and the City, which I absolutely love, and Bridget Jones, which I absolutely love. I don't think it's as good as either of those. In fact, I found the main character incredibly annoying. But having said that, I was on a train coming back to London over the weekend, and there was a group of this sort of age group on the train. They were going to a festival. They were having a few drinks. They were just having fun, but I found them utterly infuriating and so I think I'm too old now I'm too far away from that time to remember what it was like and to relate to it in a positive way so I didn't really like the characters I didn't like the dialogue um, but I just it's not really aimed at me anyway so that doesn't really matter I think in episode two there's also a, a rather unlikely turn of events which people might find hard to swallow mm. but I did out of interest I went and had a look at the the book just um the first few pages and I can see why it was so successful because I did like what I was reading I thought it was very engaging and, and funny and and different so yeah like you I'm not sure if it does justice to the book but I know it, it will definitely attract an audience for sure it's quite nice that it's British as well, because it, it sort of feels like it almost shouldn't be, and it is, and I think that's quite nice. I agree. It's got that... Um, it's a, it, it, I guess it's a bit similar to Girls as well, that great mm. American show, isn't it? Now, next up, we have a documentary series on Britbox. It's all about British cinema, and it's called Real Britannia. Here's a clip. How do you define... British cinema. It's about Britain, made by British people. It springs from the culture, stories, and way of life in these islands. Its landscape, language, character, quite distinct character. That reflects who we are for generations to come. It's tricky to define, but undeniable. These are the homegrown stories that became global hits. So this is narrated by uh, Nick Helm, one of my favourite comedians, and he starred in that series Uncle, of course. And it's basically a trawl through the history of modern British cinema. Episode one covers the 1960s. I thought it was really good. Uh, they've got some great talking heads on it, including people like Ken Loach, Mike Lee, Stephen Frears, Mike Newell. And starting in the 60s, they're looking at kind of the, the kitchen sink dramas, the angry young men. Films like Saturday Night, Sunday Morning, Swinging London, uh, Burton and Taylor, Julie Christie, Terence Stamp, Alan Bates, all these wonderful British actors. Um, movies like If by Lindsay Anderson, when these public school boys <laughs> sort of run amok and start gunning everyone down. So, yeah, if you are interested in cinema, I, I learned a lot that I didn't know because a lot of these sort of retrospective film documentaries they're really just covering stuff you already know again I found there was a lot of new stuff in this 
and some great interviews. I mean, people like Ken Loach are, are just fascinating to listen to. And it starts by saying, well, you know, what is British cinema? What does it mean? Is it is it does it mean it was made in Britain, that the director is British, that the actor is British? Uh, there are some great clips, uh, including of films that I wasn't familiar with. There's a hilarious Anthony Newley flop, uh, which they show a clip from. So I would say this is uh, essential viewing for anyone who's interested in, in, in British cinema. And I shall be watching the rest. What did you think, Hannah? Yeah, well, I thought, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, it is exactly what you just described. And it's it's kind of for anybody that's interested in cinema, but also anyone who's who's not to a degree, because it kind of, it's it's history, isn't it? It's part of our history. And I remember a time when we weren't even sure if the cinema would, would continue. And it's actually had a kind of resurgence and it's sort of gone full circle, which is really, really lovely. But, you know, the age of kind of watching um, films on TV almost straight away, um, it was we thought would ruin that. Um, but as you say, the interviews with the big names, there are there's so much to learn from it, and it, it feels like a bit of a. It's very nostalgic, I suppose. Um, but not only is it nostalgic, I think you learn things. And as I say, I, yes, of course, if you're interested in cinema, this is for you. But I also think it's 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 part of history, you know, and and, and most people would enjoy it. Absolutely. And it, it's interesting that in the 60s, there was this sort of new wave of cinema that was really interested in, in showing working class life. And it had a real social conscience, especially yeah. the films of, of people like Ken Loach. But then that almost fell out of fashion, which was a shame. Now, I'll put you on the spot here, Hannah. Do you have a favourite British film? It's quite a few to choose from, you know. What's yours? It has to be With Nail and I. Yeah, of course it does. Well, (laughs) we've got a little bit of comedy to finish off with. It's a new series on Amazon Prime Video called Backstage with Catherine Ryan. We have some of the funniest comics alive. You're in for a real treat. Well, if that's offensive, where I'm going is not great. Another day at the office. Joel waxed his butthole. I'm going to go as well. I have a dedicated makeup room. It's an emergency room, Special isn't it? effects, yeah. yeah it's it's the same people that did Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes, it is. And it is very, very funny because there's a lot of very brilliant comedians in this. So, this is, again, we see a lot this. I mean, I watch a lot of comedy because it just makes me laugh and I just love it. And I, and I never tire of it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. But Catherine Ryan, I, do you know what? I, I didn't always love her. I didn't always... She was a bit irritating at the beginning. I, I didn't really completely get her humour, but sometimes you've got to stick with these things. And I'm kind of glad I did with her. And, and sometimes she's a bit hit and miss, but what she's done here with, with this is, is quite different because she's kind of lifted the lid on what really goes on back, backstage at a stand-up show. Um, and now I'm sure it's, well, not sure, definitely heavily edited, and I'm sure we don't see half of the stuff that really does go on. But it's it's bringing in a whole kind of... I think people like to see behind the curtain. It's a bit like a, an estate agent, and you look in the window and you look around someone's house. It's the same thing. It's nosiness. It's wanting to know what people are really, really like. And she has a wealth of different people on there. Um, Jimmy Carr, Judy Love, um, Joe Brand. Joe Brand makes me laugh a lot in this because um, 
a lot of them are quite young and she sort of just raises her eyes at some of the things they say you know she's just sat in the corner like oh god you know I've been here a million times what earth's going on but the dynamics between them all it could really kick off couldn't it but it doesn't you've got some proper characters in there say Joe Brown being one of them Frankie Boyle being another um but they just it's it's just really funny Jimmy Carr's laugh is of course you know takes over a lot of the time (laughs) yeah the seal he's back um but it's just just really, really fun. They there's an opening scene. I don't know if you remember the, the Strictly scandal with Sean Walsh, you know, and he's questioned on it. You know, I do. They go go to places where others perhaps wouldn't dare, and so therefore it's a bit edgy. It's it's a really it's a really good watch. I think it's really fun, and you don't have to like her or not like her. It's because it's a whole package. I agree. Um, I am a fan of comedy, but I've never particularly liked the ubiquitous Catherine Ryan. But yes, this is a great new series, and the names she's got lined up, and you've just name-checked a few, and lots of my mm. favourite people, one or two I'm not so keen on, but there's something there for it. It's, it's a really, really good lineup of, of of comics. And, I mean, imagine the pressure hanging out backstage in the green room with a group of comedians being filmed <laughs> and you've all got to be spontaneously funny. And they are, you know, they really, they really they are. are. So yeah, I think it's great. Um, really good stuff. It's a bit like, you know, it's kind of live at the Apollo, but with backstage passes. So yeah, comedy fans, plenty there to enjoy. Now we've got to that time, Hannah, where we find out, well, I don't know if you've had much time to, uh, to binge watch what with your summer holiday, but what have you been watching? Well, Given that, uh, you know, it's all about the Royals this year, um, <laughs> I had a quick look. At, I had a quick look at the crown because I always like to watch an episode of that. I just enjoy it. But also I've been, well, started again with the Queen's Gambit. Mm, how about you? This channel I've come across called Great Films, which I've not really noticed before. They've been showing lots of Wes Anderson movies, so I've been trawling through those. I mean, they're great. But of course, I had to tune into the opening night of Love Island. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because I want to get with the zeitgeist. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, we've just got time to look ahead to what we're going to be looking at next week. So what's on the agenda, Brenda? Well, a teen romance takes centre stage in a sizzling Amazon Prime drama, The Summer I Turned Pretty. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yep. And Papa Esadu and Caroline Quentin have the ability, like Cher, to turn back time <laughs> into now TV's <laughs> sci-fi thriller, The Lazarus Project. So we look forward to those and more. But in the meantime... Watching. Watching. 